As we enter 2023, companies face a significant amount of sustainability and ESG-related obligations that loom on the horizon. Some of these directives have taken flight, such as the German Supply Chain Due Diligence Act, while others are still under heavy discussion and scrutiny, such as the SEC's Mandatory Climate Disclosures Rule. One of the directives that will impact companies soon enough is the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, or CSRD for short. While many companies have taken significant steps to build sustainability into their business practices and overall strategy, the CSRD could be one of the first imposing wide-scale requirements on companies of all sizes and in locations outside of Europe. In this episode, we will try and boil down some of the key features of the CSRD, which was approved in the middle of 2022 and entered into force on January 5th, 2023. My name is Varun Chandrasekharan, a veteran of the compliance industry. Thanks for joining us on our second episode of Ethical Crossroads, what to know about the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. The CSRD springs from the Green Deal, a European Union growth strategy aimed at transforming the EU into a more resource-efficient economic engine. The European Commission identifies the topic of sustainability as a non-financial area that should be subject to reporting. The directive expands upon the earlier non-financial reporting directive. The CSRD begins by describing how past regulations, directives, and communications have been building toward a set of measures to achieve sustainable growth in the EU and beyond. Per the CSRD, it's aimed at benefiting two groups. The first are investors, whose investment strategies could benefit from better understanding of how sustainability affects companies. And the second are what the regulation refers to as civil society actors, such as individuals and institutions who seek to hold companies accountable for the ESG statements they make. This is a clear reference to greenwashing, which is a term that describes companies making statements and promises regarding their ESG commitments, but failing to actually implement controls and processes to meet those goals. Interestingly, the CSRD spends a significant amount of time outlining a potential information gap that exists between reliable sustainability information and companies and their business practices. I think this gap highlights the financial and societal value of accurate and standardized sustainability reporting by companies, but also the challenges companies themselves face in gathering information to accurately report on their sustainability practices. The CSRD next discusses applicability to companies, and it applies to the following. Large undertakings with more than 500 employees, parent undertakings of a group of companies with an average of 500 employees or more, third country undertakings whose securities are admitted to trading on a regulated market in the EU, third country undertakings with a net turnover exceeding 150 million euros in the union and which have a subsidiary in the union, and SME companies with securities admitted to trading on a regulated market, though SMEs will only be subject to the CSRD from 2026 onwards. The CSRD generally indicates that reporting should cover two general areas, which it refers to as the double materiality standard, how the company's business activities impact people in the environment, and how sustainability impacts the organization. So what do companies need to actually report about? Article 30 of the CSRD tells us more and draws primarily upon amended sustainability reporting section 19A of an earlier EU directive. The first large area to report on is the organization's business model and strategy, which includes several factors, which I'll describe here. The resilience of the business model and strategy as they relate to sustainability. 
company opportunities for sustainability, how the business model will help limit global warming, how the business model will help meet the objective of carbon neutrality by 2050, how the undertaking takes into account stakeholder views on sustainability, how the overall sustainability strategy has been implemented, time-bound targets for sustainability, particularly for greenhouse gas emission reduction by 2030 and 2050, how administrative management and supervisory bodies are leveraging their expertise to provide guidance on sustainability or are seeking that expertise elsewhere, and a description of the company's sustainability policies. The second large area to report on is the organization's due diligence processes. Due diligence in this case, though, refers to the process of identifying and managing potentially adverse impacts caused by the company's operations, products, or supply chain. So this is really the area where companies are going to have to dig deep to find information to understand how their value chain, how their suppliers, how their business practices are actually causing impact to the environment and to society as a whole. So what about reporting? In terms of how sustainability information should be reported, the directive notes that there isn't a prevailing standard around which companies can base their reporting, and that it isn't necessary for reporters to rely on any established framework at all. The directive spent several paragraphs describing why an established framework could be useful, the efforts taken by various international bodies to develop a framework, key laws and regulations that should be accounted for, and other factors that should be considered by the European Commission in promulgating a framework for the future. The directive does specify that the Commission should adopt a first set of reporting standards by June 30th of 2023, which would focus on the sustainability information that needs to be reported on by companies, and a second set of standards by June 2024, which would focus on complementary information related to sustainability matters and sector-specific information that may need to be reported on. So what does an actual report look like? In Section 29C, we get a bit more information about this. The directive refers back to Article 3 of Commission Delegated Regulation 2019-815 on single electronic reporting to outline the format. Many in-scope companies already follow this reporting structure to deliver their annual financial reporting, and these are the guidelines within which sustainability reporting should also be included. Now, timing is obviously a crucial concern. Timelines to report depend largely on the size of a company and whether it's already subject to any non-financial reporting directives. Companies that are subject to the NFRD are in scope starting in 2024 and will need to issue their first report in 2025. Large companies and parents of large EU groups not already subject to the NFRD are in scope starting in 2025 and subsequently need to issue their first report in 2026. In scope SME companies are subject to the CSRD starting in 2026 and need to issue their first reporting by 2027. So what next steps should companies take? The first step for companies is to determine the applicability of the CSRD to their operations. As mentioned earlier, many kinds of companies, even outside of the EU, could be subject to its terms. In addition, the size of the company and where it's based could impact the extent and scope of their obligations under the CSRD. Companies need to continue to build coalitions internally to be able to respond to the CSRD's reporting requirements. While ESG's sustainability and compliance teams will likely spearhead the effort, the broad scope of reporting will require support, expertise, and data across the company. 
No doubt, CSRD reporting obligations are a company-wide effort that will include the executive team, compliance, sustainability, IT, corporate communications, and many other teams. Third, companies need to master their data collection procedures to ensure they have the intelligence and information to report under the CSRD. The Commission itself notes the challenges around accurate data gathering for sustainability reporting. While it may be easier to report on things like company strategy and broad concepts like policies, other areas will prove to be more difficult, such as adverse impacts caused by the company's value chain and potential impacts caused by supply chain actors, many of whom may not be subject to CSRD themselves. Fourth, companies will need to monitor the possibility of any additional requirements imposed by member states they do business in. Given that the CSRD is a directive and not a regulation, member states will pass local legislation imposing the requirements of the CSRD and any additional requirements they choose to add to companies within their jurisdiction. Thanks for joining us for the second episode of Ethical Crossroads. The world of sustainability and ESG has become front page news for companies. In addition to the legal implications that potential violations can have, ESG-related issues cause significant reputational damage to companies as well. Consumers are choosing companies now based on their sustainability profile, and hopefully the CSRD can help organizations strengthen their processes and increase transparency in this area. Mm